Kia ora guys, welcome to the podcast. Today's podcast is fucking awesome. You'll love it. Billy Cockwood, one of the nicest, hardworking, funniest guy you'll ever meet. He is on a podcast, one removed from a live show on Thursday. Um, have you listened to this before, Thursday the 12th of March? There's going to be plenty of updates about what's coming up and how you can get involved as well. So stay on our socials. There's yeah. currently confusion and fear amongst the three of us right now, but we don't want to panic you lot, but I'm sure we will tell you all about it all in good time. Denny's got coronavirus. Like, I fucking said it. I got uh, it out there. I don't see that. <laughs> no, he's, it got might, the, he's got the health problems, underlying be, issues. It, he's old as well. We, have we found a replacement for first day yet? Uh, real life. Real life Sam. Real life Sam. Oh, a smiley dude. Oh, let's, let's bring I Happy Danny in. He's quite good. I yeah. like him. Then it'll be two bald men but, and one balding man. Until yep. a dude die, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's no competition to plug this week, is there? The competitions are. Oh, no, we're still on an Instagram one until Wednesday the 11th. So yeah, do yeah, that. get on that. As a dying man, I need compliments. So, again, please say nice things <sighs> to so us thirsty, on social media. We're so thirsty. Yeah, get in touch, by the way. Um, if you're listening before Thursday, some of you might not be, and we appreciate that. But get in touch with any questions you want for the live show about us or Mark Cox, who we announced as a guest. That's fucking huge. He played Tam and Still Game, and he was all over Tuna Fat as well. So, any questions for either us or him, probably him, because he's way cooler, then drop them in our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook. The following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. I'm starting to learn now that as 2020 goes on and it's the drunk is becoming more and more redundant in Drunk Therapy. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm still flying the flag. I'm drinking my ginger wine. Go on. So, yeah, you're, you're becoming like a really sad drunk on this part. Like, I'm, fucking s- I'm smacked out my tits. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved over to drugs. Exactly. <laughs> Just crack therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, after you drank your bottle of sherry over the course of two episodes, just made me feel a bit kind of, is everything all right, mate? Like, it's... <laughs> Bottle of sherry? Are yeah. you someone's grand? That didn't end well for him either. No, I don't think it ended poorly. I, th- I used to drink sherry with my nana. All right. And it tasted nice. I fucking loved it. Me and my mates used to do a sherry as well, which is a just a, a gathering thing. You'd have a sherry out of a... You know, a charity shop glass, and then fucking. By the way, he was four years old when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking, I got one the other day, and I was like, "Sherry, woohoo!" And then I drank it, and I was like, "Fuck, this tastes like raisins." Joined a gang, and then tried to initiate me into that gang right. via violent ways. It was just fucking grim. Eh? It was. There's a memory in my head where Sherry was lovely. Oh. It's not the reality. So. I remember drinking like Martini Rosso when I was like 11. Shouldn't I encourage that now? But I think mum and dad got like a bottle of it like really early on. It's yeah. like, oh no, just, and my brother's just nicked it. So there I'm drinking pints. And I should were probably. You, were your brothers older? Uh, no, they're younger. They're only fucking <laughs> nice. You, you were the <laughs> ringleader They were a lot older. Come on, lads, let's get drunk. What <laughs> Christmas this is going to be. <laughs> I remember being in someone's house when I was 11 and it was probably the only time I drunk between being young and actually hitting 18. And we just drunk straight vodka and hooch. Oh. And I was about 11 and some cunt's fucking gaff in the oh. middle of Eastbourne Road. And I'm just like, that's mental how accessible booze was to a 11 year old hooch man I last know. time I had hooch I remember that do you remember like Noel's house party used to have like a money box like they used to have like a box they put money in and they like the fans would go kinda on like and like crystal dome yeah kind of like yeah, that yeah. I remember they did one of that down my local pub and I was so pissed and uh, ho- uh, hooch I actually pissed myself in the middle of, <laughs> in front of like 40 people at a bar go woo 
<laughs> would that not be quite good for like the notes sticking to your trousers? It was plan? not. It <laughs> was not. I have to say, and I did not do much for the date I was on that night either. Not only is he pissed with hand eye coordination, but he's just pissed himself. There's going to be a theme of this. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never, I don't think I've ever pissed myself when I've been drunk. I've shat myself more when I'm sober. <laughs> like, I've shat myself on like, a seesaw at a six-year-old's birthday party a couple of weeks ago, and that was not good. I had a virus, and I came down with a dunt. Oh. And, I'll, and I'll level with you. See, when you're a grown man and you shat yourself on a seesaw, nobody runs to help you, by the way. <laughs> even, though, even though I was doing that crying, they sounded like a straw going in about with McDonald's cup. Like, uh, uh, nobody ran. Did you put your hand up and say, I have shit myself? I have shit. I told my wife. <laughs> I do remember coming down with a dump and thinking, this is the lowest you've ever been like, the wee voices is your real conscience this is the lowest you've ever been how dare you do this to us some little kids pointing laughing going he shared himself and they go don't say that about the kid and it's like no the big adult with the beard the, the big kid with the beard <laughs> I have you know I have a disease if any of you shot yourself I honestly don't think I last time I shat myself this is a weird thing I never thought I'd talk about um, I was, well strap in I was probably I don't know 12 or 13 and we're on camp and it was like this massive hill and I remember we'd been playing mini golf and I fucking love mini golf so I just went no nah, I'll, I'll shit after mini golf and it was about the 16th hole and I was like uh oh gotta go it's probably a kilometre to the toilet so I ran and I ran and I ran I got about 50 metres away and just a wee bit of poo came out and this was like when I was not an adult on a seesaw well, but there was fucking teenage kids around and I, no one luckily no one found out but fuck me it was like sitting there like my mum was a teacher at school she was on camp she didn't find out either but it was just this whole like conspiracy theory like everyone's like why have you why are you why are you got new pants I was like no reason yeah. <laughs> you're doing you're acting weird leave me alone I didn't shit myself I, I've got a couple of years on you boys and I'll, I'll tell you this right now you just open up to it I've shit myself <laughs> I have to go because then nobody can really make I've shit myself I mean I've seen some plenty of tragic things in my life and I think if you just own them just go with it I mean I I saw, uh, I saw a homeless woman in a wheelchair have a fist fight with another homeless woman in a wheelchair. Wow. And it's like, who is going to win that? Gravity, probably. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like a Primark version of Robot Wars. So there's always someone in a worse position than me. Do you, do you uh. ever have regret, like, not so much for you, Shane, but... Like, we should introduce Billy by the way. Oh, oh, oh I, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Um, I do beg your pardon. Yeah. Do you Billy Cockwood, comedian, actor, performer, oh, everything. Mate. Professional guffer. The the phrase the hardest worker in the room was invented for guys like Billy. Ah! Fucking brilliant. But do you ever hear stories of camp like we obviously see it in American TV and films and stuff. We didn't have camp. Camp didn't <sighs> no, exist when no, no, no. no, we country. had play schemes, didn't we? I don't know what that is either. You go like you had a wee community centre, and then for summer they run a they ran a program, and you had activities and stuff on. Maybe it was just in the real poor areas. No, the, the, I remember vaguely there was one when I was a kid, but it only ran for one week. I think the guy was called Mister Fish. Dodgy, and, yeah, dodgy already. My name was Mister Fish. Like, you're changing that name if you're getting into teaching. I'm sure we had to like say hello, Mister Fish, and we were his chips. He was Mr. Fish and we were his chips. Oh, gee! Did he make you? Did he make you say that you were his chips? Oh, like, did you have to was... d- dip yourself in his sauce? Yeah. Like, nah, he was Mr. Fish and we were his chips, and like, no. douses in vinegar. But no, it's I'm... like a chip shop run by pedos. <laughs> put, put put you in his mouth, that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's weird because camp always sounds shite to me. But every kid 
outside of Scotland and the UK seems to go and camp in the summer. I, I think a buddy of mine was like a Mormon growing up and he was always going away to camp and he was going to, can I go to camp with Robert? And they were like, fuck no. My, <laughs> my, my dad trying to hide his Protestant rage. <laughs> How dare you? I would have thought Mormon camp would be like the happiest fucking summer oh, you would go on. It's all people trying. non-stop. Yeah, it's all people trying not to finger each other and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Talking about other things I've done that have really ruined summers. Fingered yourself? Uh, yeah, well, kind of. I remember I went to... <laughs> I remember I went to Disneyland Paris with my family when I was a kid and I put my finger up my arse and it ruined the rest of the day for me <laughs> to the point I nearly told them at the dinner table the next day Billy you're not yourself what happened well, I don't want to talk about it <laughs> shut myself shut well, turns out I'm not into it what <laughs> did you do with your finger afterwards I was, I was in the shower I was in the shower oh, I right, if there's a place to try it it's going to be here yeah, everyone, you hear the name, you hear the term. Am I right, lads? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, um, this no. is that observational award-winning comedy. You hear the terminology, pokey bum wank. It sounds fun. Uh, I wasn't wanking, wank. I'm not a right. pervert. Okay. <laughs> We've Denny, you not fucking yet, just pervert. touched on your childhood, you know, <laughs> Denny teenagers. Mr. Fish with assemblies chips, you'd have the pokey bum wank game. It was oh, just yeah. a great summer. Everyone else is playing Tig and stuff like that, British Bulldogs. Oh, I've got a confession. Like you said, they'll just fucking own it. I shot myself once. Good man. Welcome, brother. Yeah. Welcome, brother. <laughs> I mean, definitely more than once. No, you got to say, my name's James and I shit myself. My name's James and thank you for having me tonight. Hi, uh, James. Hi, James. First time here uh, and I shot myself. Good for you, James. Well done. Well is done. This, We're proud. Is this why they've kicked you out the GA room next door? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. Um, the reason it's, it's like... Uh, I'm, I kind of want to get it off my chest and share with you guys. Is okay. Because, is it the shit? When I, when I shot myself, I was sitting right. next to somebody in this room and they have no idea about it. No. We were in the middle of a nightclub as well. That's not, not me, sure. There was a girl. <laughs> it was definitely not you. Okay. It was Billy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I remember. Um, that was quite a wedding. <laughs> Danny and I were in ABC when it was still there in Glasgow. Okay. And before it we were out and we were tanking white Russians and it just must not have agreed with me we'd met a friend from college and I wanted to go to ABC because there was a girl there that I fancied that I wanted to pull and I was like fuck right I'm right up for this yeah. and then we're sitting on the red couch if anyone remembers that it's iconic you used to just sit and chill for a wee bit before you went in between the rooms right. and I, I needed to fart and that's the worst mistake you can make thinking that that's a fart worst. is going to come out oh. decent and See that way As soon as I fucking did that fart I could feel the liquid Coming oh. down and I remember my dad Doing that in Tesco's One Christmas <laughs> You know Because your dad's always Farting to try And you're like oh, Here's a laugh Fart <laughs> And he did it in a way That always sounded like A puppy drowning It was just like <laughs> There was always a weird noise And I he got up, got up On his tiptoes <laughs> And it was like Oh can I still remember The alarm in his face <laughs> I remember when I did that fart though and I can fucking hear that sound the puppy drink. That's it? Because I've always been in safety in my home when I've shorted, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to be. But as soon as uh, as soon as I did that, I remember you turning around to me and you you probably won't remember this and saying, that's fucking stinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said to him, I just ran to the toilet, boxers off, oh. and then I insisted we left straight away. Do you know, you must have been sitting thinking, he uh, he must have superpowers because that was the strongest fart I had ever He's, smelled. It was fucking horrible. His, we don't really talk about farts in this, but his farts are rotten. Like, oh. as recently, like two nights ago, well, this will be you know, a few weeks from now, but we were at the Square Go a couple of nights ago okay. and immediately, as soon as I can smell a bad fart, I turn around to him and say, 
that's fucking that's disgusting. Pr- that's pretty bad in a room with a thousand people in it. <laughs> that wasn't me, by the way. I will always own up to my farts, but that's one of the most embarrassing moments in my life that I've never told anyone, but because you were so open you about know, sharing man. your shit. Hey, man, I, I shot myself in a costa only a couple of weeks ago. And I, was on like, <laughs> I was on like a liquid diet. And the thing is, because I'm a dad now, I know exactly what to do in that type of situation. I was like, right, okay. There's a Sainsbury's 200 yards from here. Here's what I do. I walk in, I buy shorts, wipes, <laughs> straight to the toilet, boom, and I'm out. I know because I had two meetings in the same costa, so that must have looked so weird. I, I this is a weird. I can't even believe I'm about to ask this. How many times a year would you say you shit yourself? Oh no! What I'll do is, is I'll go a good couple of years without, and then uh, I'll couple in a year. Yeah, we binge. Are you like, I you mean, know what? I don't care about these farts. I'm doing whatever. The accountant suddenly gets me trying to put new pairs of shorts and stuff like that. It's a good year, sir. I pissed herself a bunch of times. I still remember that. She had a couple of weeks. I shouldn't get a hard time. But I still remember that one morning lying in bed, and her suddenly sitting bolt upright, going, Hup! leaving the room. And even though half awake, still going, that was weird. Like, <laughs> I'm setting up like the Undertaker just suddenly, because my, my life takes a long time to wake up in the mornings. It's just like, that was like the Undertaker, boof, and out the room. And she's coming back. It's like, uh, right, need to change the covers. Are you joking? Did you piss yourself? <laughs> Did you? And I've told loads of horrible stories about my wife. Because she's about, you get all the comedians that are up the piss at their wives or girlfriends. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I have said, uh, anything that happens in this house is material as far as I'm concerned content for life oh, completely I mean like she's got an inverted nipple I shouldn't talk about that she slept naked during the, the last pregnancy and it just got it's like, it looks like a wee mouth which is <laughs> right. so it's bad that I'm telling you that right but I legit she woke up and I was trying to feed her a biscuit one month <laughs> it was just like Whoa, look at that nom 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 but apparently she three minutes she was just staring at me <laughs> and it was on the same afternoon that I caught my dad wanking over a set of nudie playing cards that's a true story I got them from um, Amsterdam how old your dad? Oh, my dad's like 84, I don't know. So good on him. Right. But what, what I admired, because they've got naked ladies on them, and I just had, led myself into his house, and there he was at his, at his coffee table. <laughs> Sorry, his coffee table, and it's got like all, it's got like this beautiful picturesque Scottish valley on it, and then there's him. What I admired, though, was the swipe and pump technique <laughs> he had was, got. Was he trying to make a little storyboard out of it? It was good. Was Do it you know like, what I mean? It was like a medieval, it was like a pervert version of like... <laughs> <laughs> of like poker or something like some, some poker dealer right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you let him finish no I did not <laughs> uh, 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 I'd say uh, so he's he's getting into it for a wee bit and then suddenly I shouted snap like that, just to see what he did number of times that old man caught me wanking when I was a teenager fuck him I was thinking like Aye, my dad's caught me wanking as well Billy must have walked in and just been like I can't remember there being snow on the top of the mountains <laughs> <laughs> Dad, when did you get the new table this looks brilliant that's the mental thing about like say for, if you're 85 like New card porn, like playing card porn, must be like, in, like you know, when you go down a wormhole on Pornhub and you find yeah. something you're into for a bit. That's that's that for well, them, mate. I, I thought about it. Like he, I mean, he doesn't have like a smartphone or anything like that. He doesn't even have the internet. He doesn't even have. I mean, I think he's just got like. DVDs and TV that's all he's interested in probably been wanking over those bikini pens yeah he's just <laughs> memories he's going old school just using memories he's just heading up the wank bank that's yeah. your mum bro yeah. uh, she's, been, she's been gone a long time but good on him for having a memory that good <laughs> was that the first time you'd see your dad's dick uh, no, although I'd, I'd say that though, that sounds like I'm, I've been trying to for quite some time. I wasn't, Finally achieved it, old I, I, man. I wasn't going to wait till the funeral and go, does anyone mind if I have a wee? What, it's a smasher? I did have that plunging into me. Does it, the, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but does it look different over time, your cock? Like, see how he's in his 80s, does that yeah. still look like a 40-year-old cock? Uh, I didn't get a good look at it. <laughs> I mean, it looked just more like a pink sock, to be honest, uh, if I, I level... 
Uh, a level with you. That's my dad coming <laughs> Absolutely raging with his that big real snap. With his hinge and his cock Just coming running in Because it's huge I've told this story a few times on the podcast But basically my old man Not 85 but he's, he's, he's quite old I think he's close to 70 now right. And he got a tablet a couple of years ago and like, so he never had a tablet before, didn't know anything. My mate sold it to him. He's like, oh, I'll teach you how to use it. I'll teach you how to Facebook and all that shit. Oh, good. And um, <laughs> he brought it down to me because before I moved over, I was living with dad for a bit. And he brought it down one day and goes, Shane, can you tell me what's happening here? Basically, he had every disease you could ever know of on a thing, like pop-ups, like, oh. you know, this hot girl in Manchester wants to see your dick. She's only two miles away. And, you, and like, he'd gone, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, no. But, like, my mate didn't tell him how to use Google. He just told him how to get into Pornhub. So Dad was on Pornhub just searching, like, you know, the local garage, what time they're opening. And he's oh, just shit. getting this weird... Some mental porn. This <laughs> some yeah. weird niche subsection of, like, oh fucking automotive porn. <laughs> the weirdest three-word porn search ever. <laughs> garage discount wheel. <laughs> of it comes. It'll just be someone from the Czech Republic. Yeah. That's where all the porn comes from these days. It's just a guy with a roll of money walking down a street saying, hey, do you want me to pay your rent for a month? And... I usually enjoy the storyline beforehand <laughs> way more than I do the porn. As soon as it starts getting yeah. naughty, you're like, no, no, not for me. What tactics I, is he using today? I don't know, guys. I don't, I don't have the time anymore. I just go with whatever's on the front page. Two guys? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, they look like they're having a good time. Who am I, who am I to judge? <laughs> Boys, get with it. So you, you don't have the time. You've got three kids now, don't you? I've got three kids now, yeah. I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-week-year-old. So Fucking year old, week old. Week year old the yeah. So uh, he's just just chilling really right now. To be honest, it's quite funny because the the six year old is like besotted with the baby. Oh, he's so excited. Middle one couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Could not give a fuck. That is, I mean, and the thing is, like my son Maury is like. Uh, He's a bad kid. There's no two ways about it. You know that everyone went to school with that kid that would always turn up with his shirt off, like with his finger in his belly button, <laughs> just looking around for shit to burn. Like he came, came into school like at the start of the day with like a ferret, and by fourth, like by fourth period, everyone's at, everyone's at the assembly hall with the teacher going, "There's been an incident. Your mum and dads are on the way." <laughs> And he's just having your ass. Oh, you just come in changing your trousers. What's the problem? <laughs> What's happening, guys? I was outside playing on the seesaw. It's, it's mental because, like, it is that proper middle child syndrome. Like, he was the baby, he was the favourite. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this one's more precious. This one's new. Yeah. And you've got to be careful around this one. And the middle one's like, well, that's me fucked then. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, I have to deal with you two, you pricks. So it's all it's hard on my boys, but he's all right with it, man. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be. Uh, it feels weird. Like, I don't know if it's because of. Life's been so frantic over the last couple of years, but it, it kind of feels like fuck. It feels like ages since I've had a baby in the house, despite the fact it's been like three years or whatever it is. You kind of strike me as a guy. I want to say a Peter Pan guy because okay. I'd imagine Billy Cockwood in his early twenties is the same as what age are you now? I'm forty. Like Billy Cockwood, forty. You'd probably carry a lot of the same, you know, life energy. Oh yeah, man. It's just traits. a fucking number. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, now you've got I, three I, kids, so does your life change? Drives me nuts, man. Because I remember like. You get people like, and they're like 23 and 24, and they're just so determined to be like old cunts. Does that, you know what I mean? They're just, they've given up. Yeah. And I, I, I don't get it. They're following I, the formula. Yeah. The for, like, like, you will, it sounds daft, man, but I'm like a subway, and there's this guy with like his fucking polo shirt. No, I'm having to go anywhere with polo shirts, but they're a polo <laughs> shirt. Even stunning that way, the way old guys do at the bar with his hand in his pocket going, oh, that's us getting a Chinese on Friday. And it's like, oh, fuck you, go drown yourself. <laughs> you are no use to the planet. Um, and I, I don't know, the best bit of advice, I never, 
do you know, I was always like, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a parent at some point, I guess. I'm going to be very different to my, which I, like, I could not be more of a different dude to, like, my dad and my brothers. Like, it's, I don't know, something went bad. Maybe it's because my mum had me older in life. Maybe the milk went bad or something by the time it got to me. Or something yeah. went good. Yeah, you can still eat the sandwich, but it tastes a bit funny. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, something's not right. So, uh, um... Yeah, and and the thing is, man, like I didn't even get into like st- I didn't really figure out who the fuck I was. I think until I was in like my mid twenties, you know, and like I didn't start stand up until I was like twenty five. And well, what were you doing before then? Oh man, I, I, I filmmaking. That's what that's what my background was. I did it uh, before I gave up. Is someone coming? You guys are you still on reflections? That f- keeps freaking me the fuck out. <laughs> that's the, the like. I think the cleaners are coming in. I just I was checking the levels on that. Yes. And that. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. I was just staring <laughs> at the mystical object behind uh, the you. Ghost. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my god! Uh, I'll tell you my ghost theory later. But um, <laughs> I'll um, <write> that down. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, yeah, I didn't. I I, I did like. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird because, like, I was it was art school I was going to. I was going to art school, and then uh, um, and that was kind of the main focus of everything. But the thing is, where I come from, the west coast of Scotland, in Ayrshire, right? You basically you you leave school, you go and work in a factory. You have two point five kids. You go to the pub on a Friday night. That's what you do. Mm. All I knew is, no, I don't want that. I don't know what I want, but I don't want that. I just, I knew that much. And uh, my brother is like, one's in like an IT whiz and that type of thing. And the other one does whatever he does. He's in New, uh, New Zealand now. I, can't, I have fucking no idea what he He's does. living the dream. Yeah, I've, I've absolutely <laughs> no idea what he fuck does. Something to do with traffic systems. Installing eh? porn on old guys. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would make sense. <laughs> Jason <laughs> lives 10 miles away and would like you to finger your arse. No, it's... <laughs> Shane still does about a job before a guy just drives up and down the roads picking up dead possums. So that, <laughs> that might be traffic related. <laughs> that, yeah. that could be what he does for a life. Proper <laughs> polishing a turd if that's what he's oh, I work in traffic management. It's like, no, you pick up possums. Good for <laughs> you. Um, but um so they did that and I I was gonna go to art school. Then like the last year of school, uh my uh, my mum passed away, right? Not that that's a bad thing, it's not a sad it's a sad story, but it's not like the but it was more like, right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I was gonna do filmmaking and I did filmmaking for a little while and that led me into theatre productions and stuff like that. So that's what I did. That's what I did for ages. And I actually ran a theatre production company and uh, uh, and I did like media communication stuff and all that. And I remember, I'd always wanted to do stand-up. But the thing is, see when you're like a little working class kid in Scotland, you don't do stand No, 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 you go and get the job in the factory. You go and have two kids. You're not in a band. You don't go on radio. You don't do any of that thing. No one, no one around you. Yeah, that's that. No, 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 you go, you go and get the job in the factory. That's what you do. That's what other people do. That's not what you do. That's what other people do. And so it's like, pff, well, no, I'm, I'm going to go do something else. Don't know what it is. Uh, and then, but I'd always wanted to go and do stand up. And then I signed up to do. A, I still, it's funny. I still remember our production company where we were based. The uh, the offices were shutting down, and they were going to go. Well, we're going to move to uh, another office. But by the end of it, I was doing fucking everything. Like everything and everyone else was like taking the credit and just wasn't moving so i decided on the quiet i was leaving <laughs> and i still remember the meeting going right guys so we're going to be moving in a new office in like april about that <laughs> <laughs> about that i'm off i don't know again it was another one of these i'm taking the jump into the, the ether and i signed up to do a stand-up course in the evenings right because you could do that it was just like i don't know where to start the only reason i signed up for it was because you got one gig at the end like a showcase gig graduation gig if you like so like well fuck I'll do one stand-up gig and then I've done it and the first stand-up gig went really really well even though not a word of fuck man I would hate for the set to ever leak out where, where was it? it was at the Buff Club 
Was nice. it the Buff Club in Glasgow, the wee room downstairs? Ah, yeah, yeah I know you're right. It was, uh, it was brilliant. Uh, um, I know it's uh, part of the same class as pals, still pals now, um, like Jay Lafferty and Martin Elson and guys like that. So, all people that I know. Strong lineup. Uh, strong lineup. Uh, um, but I remember as well, like, the first act died in his arse, second act died in his arse, first act died in his arse. <laughs> Guess who's number four? Wow. It's like, <laughs> fuck, man. Uh, and I wrote this set. God, it sounds so weird, but all that. Um, I don't like particularly doing the difference between uh, men like football, women like shopping. You get not as anything wrong with comics that fucking do that, mm-hmm. but I hate that shit um, because there is a big difference between me and my wife, but they're fucking weirder than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't how dare you? One shakes himself, one's pissed. One shakes himself, one pisses himself. We're perfect. <laughs> um, uh, so what I did was I did this set and it went all right. It, 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 it went well, and it was all about God. It sounds so silly talking about it now. It was kind of like a very surreal story. It was about it was about cows, right? They wanted to be famous, so what they did is they bought celebrity skins and they wore them. Sounds fucking ridiculous talking about it now, but the people fucking loved it, man. And then I finished it with a trombone joke at the end, which is the sex act of kissing someone in their arsehole and giving them a reach around. Um, <laughs> like, right, right, they give the people what they want. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Um, and I remember that gig went really, really well. It's like, oh fuck, man, I think I think I would like to do this as a hobby. And it was only ever meant to be a hobby. And like, you were 25 at that time? I was 25. It was only ever meant to be a hobby. But you get like coming into the industry now, you get it in radio, you get it in everything, you get people like, oh no, I've got my five-year plan. And it was like, no, no, this is going to be my release. Yep. I'm not doing acting, I'm not running, to, uh, this is my release. It's going to get me out in the world. I remember the first gig went well. That night, somebody signed me up to do a gig the following night. Hey, that was great. Do you want to do a gig at the Tartan Rose in Paisley? Now, this is important, what you need to know. So I'm doing my second gig. I make every fucking mistake that you could possibly fucking make. Did you go on, on a high thinking? Oh, I, I can, ah, like, fucking, I've got this. I've got this. I wrote a brand new set. <laughs> 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 Never mind the fact it took me two months to come up with the fucking five minutes about the cows. I've a brand new set. Couldn't remember doing that in the tartan rows of people. It was a shite of a gig anyway. But it was the best thing that ever happened because it brought me right back down. And it was like, right, these, this is hard. I'm going to... I'm going to get into this. I'm going to go into this. And then after, I was really lucky, man. Like the diary got busy enough after a couple of years. Um, I was working as a, a media rep for an insurance company at the time, just making corporate videos, really. That's what it was. And I went, fuck it. I'm, um, and then I got a job doing stuff for kids TV. Right, I've got I've got a children's BAFTA. I don't want to boast. Uh, um, was that BBC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the show? Uh, to, well, the showy one was for oh, fuck, a show called Heads. It's not high art, right? And it didn't run around very long, around very long but it won. It won, that doesn't matter. Uh, but I got this gig writing on it. Back in the day when you could do this, I got a job writing on it, which was great. Like, you'd have to write like 40 sketches um, for like the three or four characters you got assigned. Like, I came up with this thing that was like Arnie's face. Again, it's no high art, man, but they loved it. <laughs> right? There was this thing that was like uh, uh, um, Arnie's vids. Arnold Schwarzenegger owned a video shop. <laughs> Right, and a celebrity would come in, and they'd want to rent their film, but he wouldn't let them rent their film. They would always want to rent like ter- a Terminator. He was always trying to like force Terminators and yeah, shit on yeah. it. Man. Yeah, last uh, action hero. Yeah, like everything. <laughs> no, no, no. I want like oh, it shows you the mental shit as well. Like one was, I'll get to all that in a minute, right? But uh, um, but I also got hired as fat actor number three because I used to be like nearly twenty stone, right? I used to be like nearly twenty stone. And I got hired as fat actor number three, which meant I got two wages. <laughs> and and I went, hang on. I I can pay my bills for six months. I don't mind if I have to get a job like 
stacking shelves or something. It's like, fuck it, the bills are paid. I'm going to let the world know I'm going fucking full time. Let's fucking go for it. And when you do that, other opportunities kind of start coming up. And then I got another show in the back of that. And then the diary was busy enough. Met my wife and it was like, you know, why don't I just do this? This pays, at the time, it's like this pays like a really good part-time job. It's enough to pay our bills. It's a job, really. Fuck it. Let's go for it. And that was it. And were you scared at that moment? Terrified. Like, Fuck it. Let's do it. Terrified. But let's let's go for it. Let's go for it. You got to take chances. What do the folks think? Because you've, you're from a place where you've run, you know, you get has two and a half kids, works in the factory. Well, they're like, oh, maybe you should probably go to that factory. Well, my, my dad, uh, bless him, by the time I got to the third kid, man, he just let me go feral. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you get your dinner on a road, a bit of beef on a roadmap on yourself, son. Didn't really give a fuck. I think by that point, my dad had actually kind of like, I don't get this one. <laughs> like I get the other two but I don't get this one so uh, but I think in his own way he was kind of proud because like I was breaking the chain a little bit and my brothers were they were like supportive I was like fuck it go for it what's the worst thing that's going to happen so it was it was good man and I think it's important these I, I loads of people everyone in this room has got a story like that you know they, you're breaking the chain without even realising you did it yeah, I was in a Scottish hip hop group. I you don't think my mum and dad got that either. Exactly, like, don't. They let me get on with it. But on some level, they're like, fucking good for you. But I also think that that takes not an iron will, but you yourself just going, I'm doing this no matter what. Yeah. Like, whether you give me support or not, this is, you know, yeah. mine. This I never, is my I path. never, I've got to admit, like, I never really asked my dad's permission. Like, or, you know, I never really, like, he just doesn't fucking get it. Yeah, he just doesn't get it. Like, that, but now he's like, I know he's proud that his dad, his his son does stand up, and his son's currently doing a radio show and stuff like that. Because he'll fucking introduce me to it. You don't know who this is. It's like, oh, Dad, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'm going to kill myself. This is like your health worker coming in. And he's still got his dick out. Shut, he's still got his dick out. I'm sorry, we were playing chess. <laughs> he has to have his dick out. We were playing board games. Monopoly was weird as a kid. Eh? When that queen makes a naughty move, <laughs> it's enough for him. Listen, if he if he can get a stunner, boof, he's off. He's off. And who am I to stand in his way? He's only got about four of them left in his lifetime. So uh, I'm not going to stand in his way. That's horrible, isn't it? If you need to go now, but uh, and that was it really. So that's kind of how the journey all kind of uh, kicked off. So what you're saying, like you've got three kids now. Yeah. We you. How old were you when you had your first? He's six. So, so he's six. So I would have been. I was. I mean, I was like thirty three, thirty four, something like that. Um. Well, I would have been thirty three, and we can even tell you when he was conceived. It was like the weekend after the Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> I'd kind of like just come home and like right. Got like, some time on my hands. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, like a boxer that's been fucking training. For yeah. Just has a fight. Come back. I'm ready to shag again. That's it. So uh, yeah, and that, that was it. And it just uh, it kind of changes your life. In a good way. Like, I got some amazing advice because people have kids and then that's it. Again, it's like I say, just giving up. But the thing is, see who you were before you had a kid. That's what you're wanting to instill in that kid to go forth into the world. You, why, why the fuck would you give that up? Too many people do that. They just give up. And I got the advice. It's like, remember to make your child a part of your world, not make the child your world. And that's it. That's well, you, all you do. You don't want them to see photos of you... 20 years later and go that was you yeah. you did that you know you want to bring them into your story as much exactly. as possible and, exactly and and learn from them and learn from me and that's kind of what my philosophy's been and give them the freedom to be creative man fuck yes I, I often wrestle with the fact that I was very creative when I was younger and then I got a job that none of my family um, like my mum and dad never worked full time properly you okay. know so I, I don't have that guidance like yeah. you know I'm leaving my job and, and I don't have a job lined up uh -huh. and 
I wouldn't go to them for guidance on what the next step is. So I go, ah, well, fuck, man, it's a bit of shit. I don't have that. Yeah. But you'll be able to guide your kids and bring them into your world and go, if that's the path you want to take, yeah, exactly. I can give you some insight and yeah. this what. And that's because you can bring them in right at the start and stay true to who you are. Kind and of and that, that that's why I want to instill in them. They, I broke the chain clearly for a reason, to just change things for a reason. And man, I've been like doing this as a job for let's see 13 years i've been doing this as a job it's the longest job i've ever fucking had and if it ended tomorrow i couldn't complain i couldn't complain i've had a fucking amazing i was like who gets a job for fucking 15 years do you know what i mean who has that job now nobody nobody does very true and and because there's been lots of little shifts and little like diversity i mean like fuck man you say yes to everything if i hadn't said yes i wouldn't got involved with icw i'd said yes i wouldn't be doing like a, a radio thing i'd said yes i wouldn't be doing stand-up and you know uh burlesque shows and loads of different things man it's uh, i've been very very lucky i've been very very lucky but I work fucking hard that's about the only thing i think i would instill in my kids work fucking hard Harder than the guy next to you. That's that freelance mentality, eh? Because you're yeah, the man. boss. You are the boss. I like, am you can the be boss. like, their boss is a cunt, but it's me, so yeah. fuck, I better be on it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go and like moan to anyone, you know? And, and the thing is, like, people's mental health and all that type of thing, they'll always try, you're, or you'll be your own worst boss and you'll try and drag yourself down, but you can't. There's no one for you to blame. Yeah. There is no one for you to blame apart from yourself when it comes down to it. So, what and, do you, like, you're talking about you say yes to everything and you're talking a wee bit about mental health. What do you. Give yourself time to just unwind then. I do not. I'm the worst person, right? I am a huge advocate for mental health, but I I work constantly, which is to my detriment. I've got a little better. Now I've hit 40, I've like, oh, I'll have a day a week off, you know, stuff like that. But I've started appreciating moments more. You know, I think that's important. I would advise anyone to do that. Just fucking turn the phone off. Go and do something. Go and see your pals. Go and see your pals. Because like when we work in these, these type of industries, right? Everyone knows this. It's like, you just don't get time. Nah, not at all. You just don't get time. The social life is like fucking boof, gone. Because people don't get it when you're self-employed. The number of weddings, I think about it, man. The number of weddings, birthdays, parties, leaving dues, all that type of thing I've missed because I've got to go to fucking Kirkcaldy for 120 quid or something and do like a gig in a fucking snooker hall or some shit. Uh, not that anything wrong with that. If anyone in Kirkcaldy has a snooker hall <laughs> and they're running a gig, uh, WTF at BillyKirkwoodLive.co. One, one of Danny's only gigs was Kirkcaldy. I was going to say, it's like Fife is the breaking point for everyone when it comes to <laughs> Where was it? Where was it? it was, uh, no, Burn Island was a good gig. I fucking love Burn that. Burn Island? Yeah. Where was it? Star Bar? Uh, yes. Starbuck? Richard, Richard yeah, Pulse, what? Uh, I've done that gig. Like one of my favourite gigs I've, I've ever it's done. It's tiny, man. Yeah. It's good fun, it was though. Dunfermline was I've the one that gig. broke me. Like, I went to one in Dunfermline that. When? There was two. Oh, this, was, this would have been when I chucked it about six years ago. No, All right. Okay. More than that, four, five can, years ago. Let's see. And it was a Friday night in Dunfermline, okay. and I swapped shifts, had to change loads of stuff for my work. Uh, and it was a charity thing that somebody at the stand had emailed out about. Oh, no. Got to the pub, and the only people in the pub was two guys playing pool. And I sat down and I was like, nah, something's not right here. Like, I don't think this is going ahead. And I said to the woman by the bar, she's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. I was like, right, okay. And then the woman went over to the two guys playing pool and went, look, guys, we're going to need to like move the pool table like, to get everything set up for this comedy thing. And they're like, oh, for fuck's sake. So like, the only two people who are in this pub are angry about it. And then I think Joe Heenan turned up. Oh my God, no, 
God, Joe. <laughs> Joe would have lost these fucking shits. He was the headliner. <laughs> he's amazing. Like, Joe Keenan is one of the oh, funniest men yeah, on the fucking I've planet. I've said before, like, the, one of the funniest headline acts I've seen was oh, Joe. So a guy that could just go up and talk about a piece of paper for 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, and, he's, and his Twitter and online stuff is fucking just yep. incredible. Joe's it's, a really good mate of mine, and I can't say enough good about him, but that sounds like a nightmare, <laughs> Joe Keenan scenario. I shat it, and I just went, I, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. I wasted so much money in petrol. I brought mates up with me, and oh. I was like, this isn't going to happen. Like, I don't think this comedy thing's no idea if it went ahead or not and I just shat it and went up the road and I was like no that's me I'm Good done for you, with mate. it I know yeah so just say yes to everything but shite it when you get it oh, <laughs> I, I don't know it's it's kind of weird like the more you do it the more you get used to those kind of scenarios well, and the more you actually start reveling like oh this is going to be a nightmare the- can he fucking wait <laughs> can he fucking wait the weird thing is is that I'd had something like that before it was a student union out in Musselburgh I think one of the Edinburgh unis okay. and there was like a huge student union height of summer exam period there was five students in this <sighs> hall and two people left because there was just nobody there and I'd done that and I, I came away from that going oh that's like going to be the making of me this one because yeah. it's like all you're doing is performing to six or seven other yeah. comedians who are silently judging you <laughs> <laughs> fuck them and uh, I came away from that going oh that's it but I think I was my own worst victim in my head with stand up like you're saying there like yeah. I was really self do you know did you ever talk to any other comedians that you thought were just good guys uh, yes, several. So we've got uh, Susie McCabe's coming in here in a couple of weeks. Amazing. As the nicest human Love being her. I've ever met. Gigged with Daniel Sloss twice. Oh the man, I'm n- apparently fucking... That boy puts me man. over wherever he goes. What a fucking legend. He remembered yeah, he, my he name. Back, man. Yeah, yeah. He's... Uh, he's um, I remember Dan when he started and I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but like there was a real weird... Because he was one of these guys with a, with a plan. He wanted it. And he had the support of his mum and his dad and all that. But you could tell it's like, that's... that's this kid's got something. He was young when he started, man. He was really young. You could he had tell. Like a pilot when he was about eighteen. Or yeah, but you could you could actually. tell he like he's gonna be something. I think was like, oh, look at this young kid and all that. It's like, but this motherfucker's doing all the work. Oh yeah, this guy's doing all the work. You, 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 you know what's the whole thing like? Um, um, we don't don't focus on blowing out someone else's candle. It won't make yours any brighter. Yeah, do you know I what I mean? I love that, man. That's nice. You know, yeah. that's a, it's a phrase I heard not that long ago, and I went, "That's it. That's it, right there." And like, and Dan put the time in, man. And I remember like emceeing gigs, and I fucking think I su- I've supported him a couple of times as well. Which I'm sure there'd be other like what supporting some shit. I don't fucking give this guy's rocking it. Yeah, and he he's gonna let me ride in a. Co- I'm more than happy. These to Netflix put- shows, man. Who was it? It was a. Uh, he got a tattoo with. He's got a Joker tattoo on his shoulder. Yeah, he got as well, it so with who's the the guy, the press officer, on designated survivor, the Harold and Kumar guy. Oh, Kyle, uh, Carl Penn. Carl Penn, yeah, he's he had, he has went to. Oh, New they York become buddies, and yeah, yeah. The pals, yeah. and they got a tattoo together. That's cool. I'm just like fucking hell. It's the weird shit. It's the weird shit where you end up in life. And uh, uh, well, if you're ever thinking about it, you fucking talk to me. No, I'm, I'm I'll, getting. I'll, I'll put you fucking straight. Absolutely. Right. This, this whole podcast is just now Danny getting I will back clue you in. <laughs> I will clue you in and all this shit. Now. I've been trying to, I'm looking to get back in it. I've got my Red Raw thing lined up, but I know that I can't Good. spoil myself with Red Raw. Well, I listen, to do other the, stuff. yeah, the Red Raw is a false economy. Yes. Right? They want to laugh and you're going to go on and you're going to make them fucking laugh. But you need to be, right, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, oh, I love a bad gig. Oh, I fucking love a bad, bad. gig. Me. <laughs> do you ever have, have, have any that you, you know, you, you love a bad gig, but surely there's a level of bad gig like I don't know have you ever done like a Ku Klux Klan convention or anything oh, like that where you're like oh I've, I don't I've, like this I've done gigs where I've went oh this is this is going to be no fun for anyone I mean it's like like corporate gigs can be fucking terrible 
I mean, I did. I didn't. Well, they, they pay well. I, they pay well, sure. <laughs> but like, I did one. I don't mind. I don't even care if they fucking hear this. Uh, it's like Buzzworks down there. So I did like their Christmas party and all that. And it was the most self indulgent pish I'd ever seen in my fucking life. Like, we've got a wacky video of the bosses here. And it's like, oh, kill yourself. Like, it just. <laughs> and I was just there for the money. And it's the closest. And that's happened recently. It's the closest I've ever gone to go. I could just. And they were just really talk downy to you and all that. It's like, I could just go. It's like, yeah, I, I, I do want the money. But I could just go. You yeah. guys are just auto dicks. Yeah. And the last thing is, the audience were fucking great. They were really, really nice. And but I it's think the people that, that they're employing you for that. Yeah. yeah, just like, oh, fucking hell. Did you not get Billy Connolly to come and do it? And you thought, oh, we'll just get this cunt from oh, uh, And it was the night before my wife was due to give birth. So I would say, in reference to that, it's probably more my fault than theirs. <laughs> <laughs> probably they were like, probably lovely and sweet. And I'm just like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Giving you the finest china for you. Giving me the nicest <laughs> thing. Back rubs and all that. And I'm the one being the arsehole. Um, None of your nipples are even inverted in yeah. here. Like, I remember doing like, uh, um, in, in terms of gigs, just like sometimes you, you do have to, you find you start taking charge of them a little bit. Like you actually have to say to the organizers, oh no, this is going to be great. It's like, no, it's not. Let me explain to you how we're going to make this better. Oh no, look, 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 look. I'm, I'm the plumber coming to fix your pipes, right? I'm going to tell you how we're going to get the water flowing, right? This is what we do. You find that you have to start being forceful like that. And if they're not interested, like they're not interested in having a good experience, uh, walk away. That's Welcome. when you talk to the sound engineer and go, right, this is when you this is, me up. This is what's happening. But you, you've got way more experience of doing all these events than they do. They don't want to put on one yeah, every single I, year, so I, you I, need to heed the advice of whoever they're working with. That's you know, the way I look at it. Early Doors, there was a comedian called Alan Anderson who runs the Rotunda here in Glasgow. Yeah, does the Scottish Comedy Awards Does the well. Scottish Comedy Awards, all that type of thing. Good friend of mine. And uh, um, uh, I remember his advice really was, stage time, stage time, stage time. Any excuse to get up, do it. Whether it's a work meeting, whether it's a fucking bar mitzvah, whether it's to just stand in front of people and talk, just get used to that because every situation is going to get thrown at you, it's, man. And I've had, I've had like people fucking threatening me with violence and all that type of shit. Which once, when the thing is, it will change. Like, there's nothing cooler than going, fuck, man, I couldn't have done that two years ago. Yeah, that, that would have, that would have, recognizing that, that growth. It's, it's yeah. weird that that's kind of what's given one most primarily is this podcast that's gave me an urge to get back in it. But I've been back at uni for this is me my honours year at uni, All and right. there's been loads of like presentation stuff involved in that, and that performing in front of a crowd again. Like I just got a mark for a, it's like a, a weekly, yeah, I don't know performance thing. And I didn't get a very good mark, but I get told that I was entertaining and the feedback. And I was like, oh, Great. and I was like, cool, I'll take that. Like, that's, fuck that's fuck your you academic really mark. Yeah, yeah. How, how many TED Talks have you seen that have been fucking pish? Yeah. <laughs> and then someone's coming on and he's just entertaining and you go, well, I, I care about it. God, I wish more people, lecturers would be like that. Number one's just, well, if you look at this diagram here and you turn to page two, oh, this guy's wife leaves him. You know, he's just, <laughs> he's just having the worst time. And yeah, you, you do it like you have these fucking horrible experiences, but they, they help you. Because I always say when you comics, like, what, what's what's the biggest fear you've got? A stand-up gig? Oh, nobody, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen? Nobody laughs. No, 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 no. That's not the worst thing that can happen. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is the audience as a as a unit come together and decide they're going to form a new society and that they are going to use you as a sacrifice <laughs> and make you airtight and then go around and kill every member of your family and stuff like that would be like the worst thing that could happen but that's not going to happen right so if they don't laugh you just fucking move on no, you know and don't get me wrong I, like, I, I did it like we're talking to corporate gigs I did this gig for a charity this is a private I can tell you this much right this is fucking ridiculous. You say about the corporate gigs, they pay well. This was for a charity and I'd done it 
I'd done a just a regular stand-up gig for them before and it'd been amazing. But we wanted to do our big our big one. Oh, it's great. Everyone has such a good time. People fucking lie about their gigs all the time. Should have been here last month. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah dirty lying bastard. <laughs> Someone got set on fire. Right? You know, uh, this was uh, um, this was actually at the Crown Plaza in Glasgow, right? I can say that much. I won't say the name of the charity because a, a charity is close to my heart. And uh, but he went. So uh, we want you to come and do the gig. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to like the hoster or something? But no, no. I just want you to do a set. Jim White's hosting it. Oh, they love Jim. You know the sportscaster. Oh, yeah. they love Jim White. Oh, they love him. Oh, listen, he's going to set the place up. It's going to be great. All right, okay, fair enough. All right, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> and so I'm at this charity uh, table, and this guy's fucking. First of all, so ladies and gentlemen, and they put played music for him to come on to. Apparently he was going to do a wee wacky dance who comes on. Oh, they're going to love that. The place is going to lose its mind. So they play the music. Out comes Jim White. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jim White. And I heard 400 people boo yeah. the fucking <laughs> shit. I go, boo! Fuck you, Jim White! Like, I've never seen hatred this was like a, this. This brought sectarianism together. Yeah, like women. <laughs> women standing up going, fuck you, Jim White! The charity was a Celtic foundation. <laughs> yeah. So I got, he introduces me, man, and he's reading out like my fucking Wikipedia page or something. Like, this is a fucking shop. Just get me on a fucking stage. Say my name. Um, and I come on and I do 15 minutes and it's all right. It's nothing to write home about. It's a survival. It's, ah, they, they, they seem to be entertained. Fuck it, we see the rest of the guys. Who's on next? Oh, Pat Nevin is doing next, right? <laughs> and he's he's like, he's like, he's used to these type of things. I went, you know something? That, that's probably what they're after. No, my wacky fucking shit. I'll do my thing. Thank you very much for having me. I'm away to do another gig. But one of my other pals is on later, is, is on as well. So I phoned him later. How'd the gig go? How'd you do? I went, well, I died of Mars. went, all right. Well, they must have wanted Pat Nevin. Oh, no. Oh, no, they didn't want Pat Nevin. <laughs> really? He went, oh, you were the highlight of the night. I went, was I? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a two-star gig, and it was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, Jesus Christ, Pat Nevin's losing his mind. Going, oh, yes, fucking listen! <laughs> so, Some of these people don't want the entertainment, though. No. They no, just they want just, to piss up. They just want to piss up. Get them a piss up. By the way, you're talking about your Wikipedia there. I was. Uh, I don't have one. I don't have one. I think it's uh, S- the footballer. Ah, who the fuck's this guy? Oh yeah, me. I know Billy Kirkwood quite well. Did you I, actually? No, I do not. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think he's still annoyed because I think if you Google, I think I come up first. But he's you're, definitely you're, on Wikipedia your, your page. Your picture comes up next to his. Wikipedia. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm going. Oh, this Bill. guy. This guy used to play for Rangers. Andy <laughs> presented on MTV. <laughs> I I feel like we should just change all the entries to reflect you and. See how long it will take before anybody realizes. Yeah, I think, I'm, yeah, I do this, and I'm currently like the under 18s Rangers coach <laughs> or something as well. Uh, I've never met the fella. I'm sure he's a nice dude. I'm sure he's a nice dude. Uh, I should have changed my name. It's always my big regret. I never took a fucking stage name. Do you know that? What would well, you change it to? Fucking Ajax Delvecchi. <laughs> <laughs> I read that in a book, right? Also used to play I, I remember for going. He used to play for Rangers. Uh, played for Ajax, ironically. No, I read this in a book once, and I went, "That should have been my fucking name, Ajax Delvecchi." Just enough for people to go. I could have got a cheap gag out of it at the start, and then it would have just been me. But a yep. fucking man, the arrogance. I went. I want people in the street that I used to live in to know my name. Arrogant bastard. We kind of want to change this podcast name because we don't get drunk that much, apart from Shane Fuck anymore. Off. And, but and, 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 you, get, you get stuck with it, don't you? It becomes yeah. you. I mean, that's your name. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Like, fuck. Like, I'm not joking. Like, five years ago, I was still thinking about it. I was like, oh, I could do it now. The artist formerly known as Billy. Maybe that's why you changed it to the artist formerly known as you Billy. You have Kirkwood. to do a lot of rebranding. <laughs> just a fucking symbol. Eh? Yeah, I think it's why the good thing that ICW came along and just put the word "fucking" in the middle of it, which is funny because that's actually a ribbon myself. 
because uh, I always say, oh, you either pronounce it like as Billy fucking Kirkwood or Billy fucking Kirkwood. <laughs> <laughs> so I reckon I've covered both the bases, the haters and the lovers. Um, where's the weirdest place you've done a gig outside Scotland? Oh, wow. Where is the weirdest place I've done? Oh, Africa. Tell us about that. All right, okay. This is one of these weird phone calls and you should always say yes. Right. So I get a phone call. Hey, Billy, do you want to go to Malawi? Well, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I thought was coming at the end of this phone call. Big, what big it, comedy scene now? No. <laughs> Fuck, man. Um, uh, but what an experience, right? But what it was is they have a thing over there called Lake of Stars, which is like a big mu- music festival, seemingly. What it really is, is just white, privileged people going over there and having a party on a beach. I'm going to say that. If anyone's listening and you think I'm being nasty... Prove me wrong, right? There it is. Prove me wrong. It's all like Time Out magazine are there and all these like, what the fuck is here reviewing? Come on. But it was good. It was like, so I get asked, do you want to go and do this? Yes, of course, I'd love to. A uh, good friend of mine asked me to go out and it was going to be good fun. It, like, it sounded like it was going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, I think of Laker Styles and the banks of Lake Malawi. You'll be the first ever Scottish-born comedian to perform in Malawi. That's Oh man, that's yeah. fucking, I'm, I'll go for that. That's, that's, Tick one in the box. Um, doesn't really promoters don't really give a shit about that. <laughs> it's not on your fringe poster. It's it? not on the fringe poster. It's not gonna, you know, it's hang on. <laughs> I'm not gonna phone up a comedy club in like Liverpool or something and go, well, I think you'll do you want to book me? No. Well, I think as the first ever Scottish pop. <laughs> so um so you phone me and you go, what, what's going to happen is you're going to do 40 minutes on the main stage. And I went, that sounds like a lot. We'll get that sorted when I get there. Oh, right. at least, like I said, it's like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, uh, but a friend of mine who uh, I work with was like, yeah, we'll, we'll get all that sorted. You're, you're going to be over. But you're going to come over and do like improv workshops and stuff with like local theatre groups and what have you. You're going to be there. It's a little arts festival. I went, that sounds fucking great. That sounds great. So uh, I did ask my wife. It's the fact I've only ever asked my wife permission for two gigs. One was in, uh, uh, one was over entertaining the troops, over and uh, it would have been Iran at the time. I went, can I, can I go to do this? She went, no. Fair enough. No arguments. There will be no arguments. That's fine. Even though they'd made all these, you know, guarantees. You're going to be safe. Everything's going to be fine. But you know, we just you never know. We we like, there. It is. She went, absolutely not. Fair enough. There won't be an argument. That's when I went. Are you all right with that? But the malaria breakout had just came up as well, and they were kind of like, shit, right, okay. So, uh, um, but that's fine. I went and got all my shots. Boom, boom. Two weeks later, I'm on a flight to uh, Malawi, which was fucking horrible. There was like 22 hours of traveling, two flights. I've got to stop in Amsterdam. I've got to stop in Ligawi Airport. I've got to stop in like three different, on my oh. own. On my own, and it turns out a band, Scotch band called Stanley Odd, were like just behind me as well. So it's a hip hop band, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, very lovely, so fucking talented. Uh, um, but it turned out I didn't, we didn't even know we were all on this flight together. And it's like, oh, cool, right? So um, you get there. I'm sharing uh, a room with a poet uh, as well. I'm having to put this paraffin shit on every night to stop getting bites and all that. So, and we are, we are literally in the banks of Lake Malawi. This is what I can tell you though as well. We got picked up on this bus. Right, this the uh, we got picked up on the bus by the organizer, um, and I'm sitting like still like the guy from the Guardian and Stanley Odd and all that. And this bus is five hour trip in the blistering sunshine Shit. of Africa. I never need to do that trip again. <laughs> I never need to do that trip again. Is there any like wildlife in Malawi? Uh, not that I saw on the roads. What I did see is I, at the time I had a two year old, and I did see someone as young as my son just walking along the side of the road. And I remember thinking like, I want to go home and see my kids. Shit, just man. hit me out of nowhere. Hit me out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, so we we go over and we um, 
<laughs> there's no workshops or anything organised. They're kind of flying by the seat of their pants in this. I think people hadn't arrived. But I can tell you this, we're on the bus. And uh, as we're getting on, the organ- one of the organisers goes, here you go. Here you go. And I went, oh, is this cash? What's this? Is this like my par diem? He went, no. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to get stopped. And we're probably going to get held up at some point by the local police. Don't worry, it's all organised. Um, you give them the money. It's all like for show. It's it's all for show. It's like a respect thing. Yeah. But it's been organised. It's all been organised. So sure enough, we get stuffed up blockade. Guy comes on, shout, uh, shouts at us all for a bit. Shouts at the driver for a bit. Gets off. This other guy comes off. And one by one, we all take the same money. Put it in this bag. Same money. <laughs> and then we drive to the... And it's like... What the fuck is going on? Did you even though that guy te- told you? Would you shake yourself? We oh, fucking completely, yeah. absolutely completely. And it's like, what have I done? Didn't tell my wife anything about that until I got back. <laughs> by the way, didn't tell her anything about that. So we end up, uh, we go to the beach. Oh, we, we checking all that. Uh, I've never seen spiders as big as that in my fucking life. Seriously, I thought one was a crab, Far and then I watched this stagehand half it with a spade. It's like, what the fuck is that? Oh, that would have killed you. Uh, don't go into the water, things will swim up your dick. All manner of things we're getting told. They run out of fresh water, and we've all got to drink. I drank number seven up the entire time I was there because nothing else was safe. Right. I like that they run out of water, and they're like, but you can drink the water where something goes up your dick, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't put it on your penis. Just don't drink your fucking anything. Uh, um, I ended up doing like uh, 10 minutes before Stanley Odd and then I did like this workshop thing and I did like a little improvised gig to all like 80 people like because people were just drifting about this complex so was it the locals then or well mix of everything we had locals there from other places in Africa there was a theatre group that I did an improv workshop with and then I did a stand up it was actually if I'm honest it was my favourite part of the trip they were just really fun guys and they had no idea and it was funny seeing the cultural differences (laughs) like they had no idea what a Scotsman was one guy did go oh god your English is so good and it's like I'll stop you there (laughs) Um, and uh, and Goldilocks was I just just remember it being one of these cool things you know Goldilocks she had like she was like um kind of DJ she oh was like, yeah she was like the headline act she does Ministry of Sound stuff I think she, she does yeah, yeah I met she was her like, a few years she, ago she was like the headline act in this bar like like uh, uh, well she performed in the big stage she's like this headline act in this bar at like three in the morning commentating on the sun coming up and it was one of those <laughs> and I'm sitting there next to a, a, a poet and a filmmaker bless it his film wasn't shown in <laughs> This guy over. That's how badly organised it was. They had no way of showing this guy's film. Do you want to see it my iPhone? Yeah, no, pretty much. <laughs> Guys, like, everyone gather around. Yeah, yeah, pretty much no way of showing this guy's film. And it was, I mean, I, I, I showed me a little bit of it. Fair enough. <laughs> That's they, we've seen it. Get the TV yeah, away. We're, we're all getting flown here due to our grant or something, guys. Let's face it. This is just a paid cover. That's what I treat it as, man. That is probably the weirdest gig outside of and, and just even trying to and there, there's me on a beach there's me on a beach and Instagramming and shit back and people going where the fuck are you? Burnt <laughs> Island Burnt <laughs> Island <laughs> but, but that right there that like strengthens anyone's like well resolve and reasoning for taking a chance like you did yeah I mean Anyone else in Ayrshire that's going for that routine fucking life, when are they going to end up in Africa Aye. doing a gig? You know, you need to take a chance on yourself sometimes. You never know where you end up. Completely, completely. And it's what it's always been about. And you're talking about, you know, how things change in six months. You know that uh, six weeks, 
you know, something's going to happen. And you go, oh, fuck, I'm going to go. And that, that could lead to something. That could lead to something else. That's probably that why I'm more else. scared because I'm looking at these jobs and I'm going, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then there's a voice in my head saying, you should just apply for it. And I'm like, nah, don't, man. See what the fuck comes. See what's going to happen. Take a chance in yourself. See what's there. See and what's then you happen. never know where you might end up. But you can always keep yourself, you know, sharp. You can always go for the interviews, see how you feel about it. True. Hey, there's nothing killer than going, no, I think I'm going to leave it. What? Yeah. Fucking guys. In the industry, <laughs> you don't do that. You mentioned that a few times now. Okay. Uh, probably one of your biggest features in your life over the past like six or seven years has yeah. been your affiliation with ICW yeah. and your work there, man. Yeah. How man. did that come about? Uh, well, I'm a lifer wrestling fan. Like, since I was single figures, man. I'm old enough to remember the tail end of it being on, like, ITV and shit. Nice. Um, but again, it's like this other thing. Like, and, and the world opened up when it was like, fuck, are you telling me this? Like, they do wrestling in America as well? What the fuck? And then you start buying wrestling magazines and, like, Global Video had, like, I don't know, as an Azad video or something fucking opened and it was, like, WCW. It's like, whoa, so you're telling me... Fucking Sid Justice wrestled somewhere else. <laughs> Are you fucking... And then, like, there's this whole world. So I, I became, like, really... Over a, a short space of time, became, like, really up to scratch what was going on. And like, Hang on, they do this in Japan? You know, it was on, like, Eurosport and shit like that. And then Hulk Hogan's wrestling the Great Mutter. And you go, I fucking know who Hulk Hogan is! <laughs> you know, and it's just... Uh, it blows your mind. So, and then when I was a teenager, ECW was coming out. And it's like, fuck, man. So there's something that's so many shades. So... I'm a lifer, man. I'm not one of these. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I even went through. You know that period where everyone goes. Oh, I kind of got out of it a wee bit. Around right about when the Rock left. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm kind of this like 2003. Yeah. Early Cena. It's, it's funny though. My wife will always say, "Someone says that to me. You practically see the shuttles go down. <laughs> That's it. You're done. Fuck you. I, like I'll have you know, the great Cali yeah. was excellent. Yeah, I passed, <laughs> I passed my judgment. I'm a fucking lifer, sir. My my uh, like like time watching wrestling kind of stops and coincides with my time discovering wanking really <laughs> <laughs> that well, was more dedication well you know Sable got me through a couple of long nights <laughs> that's the thing James got into wanking when he found wrestling it was like <laughs> <laughs> shiny men <laughs> well this will do it but uh, um, and uh, obviously stand up things going away you're learning blah 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 blah. and uh, my, my friend uh, the wee man a wee yes. man who's yeah. a, a previous um, guest in the podcast. Yes, By the way, has he, he, just he'll, side he'll, note, has he, is he still kidnapped? No, no. you've seen him at the, uh, the show the other day, mate. Right. Yeah. came out. Thank fuck for He's that. A, I was I'll, stressing out. <laughs> make sure to listen to it. It's available in the archive. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, um, and I'd come in and he's, uh, uh, that's kind of how we connect. Well, we knew of each other, but we became friends. We became real friends when we knew each other was a wrestling fan. And uh, he uh, was telling me, yeah, I'm doing this thing for a wrestling company. He's like, fuck, mate, Gotta come along, watch you. And they got a Saturday night off, went and saw him in like Mary Hill. I was like, oh, that's man, that's great, that's fucking great. But I still had like, there's no route into this for me because I am not a wrestler. I have no interest in being a wrestler. Uh, and it kind of just like, well, this is something I'm never going to get involved and in. They wouldn't have had commentary at that point. They didn't, eh? they didn't have anything like that, you know. And I didn't even think of like, how'd he be a ring announcer? Would I be a ring announcer? Like, I didn't even think about it. So um, they asked me to be a guest ring announcer at a show. I was like, fuck it. And I'd already known Neil was doing stuff. Sorry, we man, whatever. Uh, it's funny when you say his name <laughs> Neil, accidentally yeah. in front of these wrestling fans and you will hear this whole, Neil? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? I thought his name was Mr. Man. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, so I go along and I'm, I meet Dallas, who is so unbelievably nice. He's like, I'm going to talk you through everything. He's always been like, yeah. Dallas is one of my best mates. It's just 
It's fucking amazing. Another previous guest, if you Another want to go back. Another previous guest available in the archives. <laughs> uh, Putting over the boss, man. Um, but uh, um, so I ended up being the guest ring announcer that night. And they really, I mean, they didn't tell me too much. I met their ring announcer at the time who was not happy I was there. Was not happy I was there. Because uh, um, I, I, think he, I think he thought, and he was fucking rude to me. A wee, well, a wee bit. But not a way, like, he would probably tell me, oh, I was working on an angle. Whatever, mate. <laughs> you <laughs> shot hard Fucking on you. nearly working yourself a slap in the face. Was he a big deal? Like, was he someone that in Scotland people would go, oh, that guy? Or, like, is he kind of relatively unknown? Yeah, he's out of it just now. But I actually thought, do you know, as time went on, not a bad guy. Not a bad guy, but clearly he was unhappy I was there. Yeah. Um, uh, but I just need here or there. I'm not going to put, put anybody down in that way. But if, if he was standing right here, I was like, yeah, you would have pricked to me. Mm. I'll say that to your face. Uh, um, and then what happened was, so he introduces me, right? And people are like, when they announced me, I saw a little bit in social media, they were kind of like, some people were like, who's this cunt? And other people were like, he looks all right. You know, it's like a couple of people knew who I was from stand-up and stuff like that. Uh, and you've got to look. It's I not, guess so. I didn't even really think about it, but I guess I did. It's not like Ray Bradshaw walking in there. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> John Hartson then. <laughs> and uh, um, and they bring and and uh, I, I still remember walking towards the wrestling ring as I'm announced, thinking I don't know how to get in a wrestling ring. <laughs> so if you actually see the footage, I do this weird Jake the Snake thing under the bottom row. It's bizarre looking. And all I can think of saying to the guy is, I take the mic and go, right, you get to fuck, right? And straight away they all go, oh, get to fuck, get to fuck. <laughs> it's like, fuck, I think I'm over. Um, so, uh, and then I make some wrestling jokes and shit like that, just to let them know. I treat it like a gig. It was like, I can't remember, I made fun of like TNA and shit like that. And John Cena waving his wee hand, sniffing his fingers uh, and all that type of stuff. <laughs> Just well, had a finger up his ass. I can't, I can't probably he went to Disneyland. Um, <laughs> um, something along those lines. And then uh, I was meant to, I told you this before, I won't, I'll, I'll give anecdotes uh, very quick, but uh, I was meant to turn heel. I didn't turn heel because they played a video. Uh, they brought me back the following month where I became the gold labels ring announcer. So I was meant to be a heel. I was an off. Like back then, I didn't even know. I was just yucking it up for laughs. Like I think I turned up with a wee gold hat. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a bad guy. I sold out, mate. And folk were laughing and shit. And I'm just, I fucked it. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than a heel that just goes over completely straight away. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah. and, uh, uh, but then on the back, I mean, I'd already said to Dallas because I think he'd went. Guy did a good job. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll find something. I'll try and find something. I think he was even whispers of maybe a manager or something like that. Um, I felt like really, really like it didn't go anywhere. And then we got a TV deal. And he went, do you want to be a commentator? And I was like, I'd fucking love to be a commentator. That sounds like something I can do. I could do at least do an impression of a commentator. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, now I do like a kind of mix of colour and play-by-play. But back then I was just a colour guy, which I actually really miss, to be honest. I'd love to be a like, big fucking heel colour guy, man. I'd be really good at that, I think. Yeah, I'd be good at that. But uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I work with loads of great guys now. And so it's, I'm in a blessed position, right? So, um, um, so they bring me in. And uh, start doing anything, but it's funny because in some of those early episodes, I'm still ring announcing. <laughs> I'm still ring announcing, so I'm actually going, "Oh, it's Billy Kirk here, ring side. Look at that, look at that ring announcer. <laughs> He's a handsome boy. Um, so you dubbed it afterwards. Eh? Yeah, I dubbed it afterwards. So uh, it's it's quite funny. And then uh, um, um, as time went on, 
it was like, right, this is your role now. We're going to get like a new ring announcer. I was actually the guy that put in Simon Cassidy's name because I worked with Simon on something else. And it was like, I think this guy, I don't know if Simon had had designs on doing ring announcing, but I was like, this is the guy. He, maybe he'd done it once or twice, but I went, this is the guy to get in sure. to, do, to do ring announcing here. And he's and a guy now, isn't he? He's, he's the best in the business, I think. And I don't say that because he's like a really good mate of mine's. I just think he's the best in the business. Just side note on that, like we, I went to my first ICW show the other night and <laughs> I got into this. I didn't know what the fuck it meant, but I thought it was hilarious. They're like, Simon, where's your teeth? And I was like, what a weird heckle that is. Is there like a- Simon, where's your teeth? Yeah, they're like, Simon, where's your teeth? Oh, yeah. It's because he's got a tooth missing. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> that very self-explanatory <laughs> answer. Yeah. Got a tooth missing. We, we follow and, Simon on Instagram yeah. and I think he actually got his tooth back or he got Yeah, a, he's, got like a, he's got like a bridge in or something, but he had a tooth and he wouldn't stop fucking going on. Oh, everyone's going on about my tooth. No one's got, you're the only person talking about this fucking tooth being missing. Um, but yeah, that would have been it. But he also gets like, there's loads of little Easter eggs you wouldn't get the first time. Like people will chant, it's your fault whenever anything goes. Yes. Like, That's my fault. That's my, I'm the reason that people chant that because. You see it. I went on some random rant one night. And I went, it's your, it's your fucking size. It's your fault, Simon. Like in the middle of the ring. So straight away, as you fault. I remember one of my old broadcast partners, I remember introducing people to him. And this says, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I know he looks like a pedo, but don't give him a hard time. And I still remember saying those words and as they left my mouth, coming back around to him and going, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's just behind it. Go, people are chanting, pedo, pedo. How long did that stop? Oh, for a while. Yeah. I didn't make things even better because like, I'm sure the following show, I came out with a t-shirt of his face and it going, is not a pedo. <laughs> Bestseller. If stuff like that doesn't sell you on ICW, I don't know what will because again, that square go event we had somebody come out called thatcher right and he's <laughs> this guy's gimmick is that he's just fucking loves margaret thatcher so he comes to the ring with heart autobiography in his hand where else would you get an event <laughs> where there's like a thousand people just chanting thatcher's deed as yeah. a guy walks the ring? Like, that's he's amazing a, he's, he's a really good guy as well but <laughs> billy fucking kirkwood hates that cunt <laughs> hates that cunt man if he's in the square go next year i want to i want a slot just so i can come and eliminate him have you have you wrestled have you uh, been involved i did wrestling training about four or five years ago and lots of people read into this that i was going to do something I just did it for the commentary. Just I just kind of thought you put your money where your mouth is. I'm not one of the boys. I'm not a worker, but I'm gonna. And I was. It went well. I went to the GPWA here in Glasgow. They looked after me. Apparently, I wasn't shite. Apparently, I wasn't shite. But it was one of those things. Like you know, you could if you wanted. Why didn't you maybe I've, dabble a little bit? Like you in the rumble or the square go? Zero interest. Not yeah, even just a cheeky cameo. Just not there. It's just and what would be the point? And then not do something like a match or something like that's great. Like I'd love to do the Jerry the King Lawler spot at the Rumble one day. Like be in for like twenty seconds. And you just take your crown off and yeah. walk up and then back. Out. What <laughs> I wanted is to go in the ring and have them all stop and go. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> all right, fair enough. <laughs> just having a bit of a laugh, lads. Uh, and go go to get out and go, uh, over the top like try and go through the middle <laughs> over the top rope oh yeah of course uh, like I was going to win the world title or some shit do it whilst you're live on commentary as well yeah oh man if I could do that that'd be amazing but uh, ach, no it's ju- it's just not there I think if you're not a wrestling talent nah, I mean I, I take I the piss I take the piss enough out of it like even at the start of the show like I'm putting Simon and Husey over just to kind of take the piss of like I've got this running feudal <laughs> one of the ringside guys one of the Husey who's the, the head of the ring crew uh-huh. I've got this running feud with them 
So I come out at the start of the show. I don't know if you saw it, but um, it's like, oh, I've always wanted to be in a square go. If only I had a rival. We'd literally just arrived at that point. We could hear you. Yeah. Husey. <laughs> so we and him have, so Simon introduces us, but obviously we've all rigged it up. Mm. Uh, it's like, uh, Simon introduces the first ever non-in-ring wrestling talents <laughs> over the top rope battle royal. So I said like, here's here's what we're going to do. And I'm, I, I'm basically laying out a match. <laughs> so, like, so here's what's going to do. Like, we're going to lock up. You give me a headlock in the corner. We'll look like we're trying to eliminate Simon, jack it off, big pop. Then you eliminate us, and it'll just be uh, uh, just just putting over just putting over my boys, just putting over my boys. <laughs> I always thought I wanted to be a wrestler, and then I was watching it the other night, and like, see, like, even if you're not good, and if you're like, you're just getting like subtle wee hidings, yeah. there's still at some stage someone's going to go stand on that top rope, and I'm going to make you do a fucking triple somersault yeah. backwards onto your head, and I was going, see, like. The, whatever you want to say about wrestling, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I like the I like the the story behind it. I like the drama yeah, yeah. behind it. But fucking hell, like you've got to like be pretty chuffed if someone that's doing a backflip onto their back off the top rope. You fucking ten foot in the air, man. Is is I have such respect for what they do, and I think it's why I'm like I'll never. I mean, I played rugby like a pretty high level until I was like thirty odd. Uh, and that's a fucking contact. And like these guys, it's funny when people say, "Oh, but it's fake though." They don't hurt. It's like listen, listen. You can't use that word for a fucking start. Um, and if you know a way that someone can throw themselves at the ground and not hurt themselves, I have a thousand wrestlers around the world that want to talk to you mm. because these guys put their body in the line. They train for so long. And it is like, honestly, as someone that stood there at ringside and watched so many things, like I've seen like the, 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 like the, 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 the measurement for, like mistakes, so small. You wouldn't have deaths or um, paralysis or yeah. all these major injuries. Mick Foley, yeah, you know, walking it's, around it's half a, crippled. It's a it real life. Fate. It's a real life action movie, right in front of your eyes, right in front of your eyes. It's wild. So what What are your your highlights then from doing it? I would imagine Grado beating Drew would be top of anyone's list, but for <sighs> you, personal highlights wow. in commentary. There's so many. It's an odd one, but the first ever Battlelands just felt so special. Because it, it's the Barrowlands. Because it's the Barras. And it bounces. There was just something about it. It was just, the feeling in the room was just like, we've made it to yeah. the Barras. You know, all that hard work. Um, so in terms of, I mean, it's certainly ones like that, like the Hydro, the SECC, um, those are very special for... And that's the thing, like, I opened the show and then I sit down at a commentary desk and I've got the best seat in the house. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I've got the best seat in the house. I'm ruined now. I can't watch, I can't go and watch live wrestling. I'm fucking ruined. I need commentary but, and shit now. Are you not <laughs> used on NXT packages and stuff now? There's a very good chance that I, your voice might be heard before the I, main event of I, WrestleMania. I pop up. Yeah. Wow. I pop up. Mental, I pop like, up every now and then. Well, Because suddenly my Twitter will go mental overnight. Um, and I'll be like what who's this guy he's a Rangers coach but he does wrestling <laughs> <laughs> that's it he's probably going to get fucking signed before I will I saw uh, him in Malawi yeah. <laughs> so in terms of highlights God um, I would say aye, it's probably more events to not disrespect any any matches and what have you I mean, we've had some incredible like Fergal Devitt turning up um, that was that was recent wasn't it that was a Hydro one was, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a Hydro one but he wrestled for us when he was Prince Devitt mm. and he won a title. And it zero was like, G, wasn't it? Yeah, Zero G. Because that featured in his documentary that was on the BBC before Yeah, he that's it, exactly. And uh, Which I, I think I'm in as well somewhere. Amazing. Uh, um, and um, 
So that was like a big point of people going, fucking hell, anything can happen. Yeah. And I think it did kind of break down things. And, and the thing is, it, as well as like us, uh, Grado and Drew at the SECC, you cannot tell me that other companies, the big ones, uh, weren't looking at that and going, look, why are why don't we have that? Why, why don't we have... I mean, those 4,000 people sound like... 80,000 people losing their mind. Why why, why don't we have that? I was uh, I was working abroad when all that was going on, that feud. But at that point, ICW, prison. it was like... Prison? Yeah. <laughs> but prison abroad, the Wi-Fi is really slow. So all right, no, I thought, you were, I thought you were in prison. That's when that's my mate's dad was but always working abroad. He enacted so much wrestling. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, but it was that feud. It was like I, raw to me, like, yeah. religiously following this. and. Yeah avoiding results to watch Fear and Loathing the next day and it was like like you're saying it was just this massive yeah, buzz it, it was like Grado jumping the rail the first time in ICW and hats off to Dallas and the guys there they were like because I remember seeing Grado doing this it was like for SWA or some other company and he did this video and it was him it's him versus Jackie Polo right and he filmed this video himself and there is nothing better in this world than when you see someone do something you go, oh, fuck, man, I wish I'd done that. Nice. And it was this video of him and it had Madonna behind it. And it was his entrance video for a while. It was just, uh, and I just remember going and, and other people saw him and clearly went, that guy, is something there. Is something there. And I, I, uh, it's for Graham to tell you in our time, his, his story. Mm. But uh, I think he was kind of half out of the wrestling business. He was like, nothing was really kind of cut and he wanted into ICW and this video did it. So to see him from that first time he jumped the rail and the place losing it, shit. Like I'd not seen that at a British wrestling show ever. Like he jumped the rail, even the ICW shows where the crowd were hot. I remember the first time he jumped the rail to be in this match and everyone in the garage just losing their shit. I was like, oh my God. It's like fucking... Hulk Hogan just walked in the building, do you know? <laughs> the place just lost its mind. And uh, I think that's always what we'll have more than anyone else. It's just that bounce, you know, that fucking bounce to it. Definitely. So the Grado certainly would be a big thing. We uh, we could probably talk about wrestling all night, but it's not like that's probably one of your passion projects, isn't it? You love doing Oh, yeah, that, I mean, I'm not exactly well paid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you also, you do radio, which is, I, you know, we do radio as well, and you yes. do breakfast radio. I mean, yes. we were talking about it earlier. Breakfast radio is brilliant, you know, because you can really connect with your listeners and build up a wee community there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of the most... Uh, it steals a lot of your life, doesn't it? Because it you're is. up at 4 a.m., <laughs> you kind of need to go to bed at 9 yeah. o'clock at night. It is. And you're knackered I'll, all the time. Which I've never managed. I, I, I do not have that balance. Like, um, I remember hearing Chris Moyles talking about the fact that he has to go to bed at such and such a time and other guys, I don't do that because I, I gig. I mean, I'm not particularly well paid for that either. Um, um, uh, so I'm out gigging. I've, I've got, comedy is my full-time job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that hasn't changed. I know plenty of people that get onto the radio and they go, hey, I'll, that's it, I'll be able to pull back in the gigs now and all that. Well, you fucking do that. And then <laughs> suddenly you see there being a change. It's like, oh, you're looking for gigs in a snooker hall in Kirkcaldy. Well, fuck you. You're not giving, you know, so it's it's mad to do that. So I, I'm not interested in doing that. Uh, um, so, but yeah, I'll, um, so I'll get up at four o'clock in the morning and it does, it snatches you. The tiredness is in your bones. Mm -hmm. 
it's in your bones it's always in the background and when you get time off and you feel everything kind of turning back on a wee bit you're like oh fuck I don't want to go back <laughs> you know it's it's like you that's know, what six hours of sleep feels like yeah like, exactly <laughs> uh, and I don't need a lot of sleep at the best of times so I'm probably a little more built for it than some people but it is amazing as well like I, I know I came in a wee bit negatively there is amazing moments when you're doing that show and you just connect some oh, I love bit it. of content oh, yeah. and people text you and they say that was brilliant laughing out loud and yeah, you're just yeah. like this is why we do that I love that I absolutely love that I can't be like I always joke there's so many different Billy Kirkwoods in here because I've got to be diverse because I work in all these different worlds but they all come off comedy I can't be the guy that's on at the stand I can't be the guy that opens for ICD I can't be that guy on Breakfast Radio because as much as people will go oh I want that guy like they'll come and see me do a gig and go why can't you be like that on the radio it's like well you can't we're not allowed to say fuck on. <laughs> you're not allowed to say fuck. You're not allowed to say X, Y, and Z. Caught my dad having a wank last yeah. night. Here's Madonna. I can't be fucking libelous and shit like that. Um, so, um, but I, I love it. I've got to learn it over the last couple of years, a few years. I mean, that's about three, three and a half years I've been in now. Uh, and it's great. We've won awards, which is nice. That's nice. Won a Scottish Comedy Award for that last year. And I was up against Clarkie and... Ashley Story and loads of other it's, people, you know. It's the only award I've won as a producer was a Scottish Comedy Award, so I'm, right. I'm taking that all the way. What was that for? Uh, breakfast Show of the Year, when we did Breakfast, it was uh, of Clarkie. Of course, there you go. And Jenny as well, and Stephen. Yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, and so I beat them. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only time I will, in all fairness. I think I was the only person, I think I was the only people, person that went, I will vote for him. That was the year I remember I got, vote, I, I got nominated for three awards. And I remember going, this could be a great night or a really bad one <laughs> <laughs> if I don't win one award. Uh, and I think I did not win in the, um, that and another night that I'm like resident compare for won it. So I was like, one, two. Two yes. time winner. Like two time own, winner. Fucking own heart. Double yeah. slammy winner. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But they didn't let me keep the other one. But uh, um, so yeah, it's it's great and it's a learning process and it has made me reevaluate everything else I do. I've learned so much from it. And I, I think it's good fun, man. I get to do it with my best friend, uh, one of my best friends, Vex. Um, we have ourselves such a fucking laugh and uh, and connecting with people. It's weird, though, because people don't know what I look like. Like, your average, like, mainstream punter. That, that's the biggest thing presenters get. They yeah, only hear your voice. They have no idea what I look like. And then when I fucking turn up, uh, when I when I when I fucking turn up, I play, or they see me gig, or even, even, it's even better when someone will see, like, gigging in Glasgow and they go, this guy sounds like the guy off the radio in the morning, but it can be. <laughs> they just don't put two and two together, which is great because it means like, because uh, I broadcast in an airship for that air show as well, even though our podcast does really well, which is mental. Um, people don't recognise me. People be able to, no, no one's any idea what I look like. You just got anonymity. Yeah, they don't think yeah. I, I look like a missing character from Guitar Hero. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right? <laughs> they won't pay me the time. They want the time of day. Um, but it's, I actually kind of love that that people then see other places and go, oh, "You're a completely different guy," and it's like fucking yeah. It also validates you as well. See what, um, see for anybody because like radio can be fucking marmite and polarizing. Some people love you. Some people tweet in and say, oh, fuck, "Get the man. fuck off my radio." But then they see you do comedy or yeah. acting or something else, and they're like, "That that cunt's actually alright." Yeah, I'll get that. I'll get like a fucking can't stand your radio show in the morning, but your stand up's funny. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> or even or even worse, where you'll just get the nutters that threaten you. 
Yes. You just get like, I can't remember, like, I don't pipe the music for a fucking start, right? So if anyone wants to know that, I do not pipe the music. If I did, we, if I did, we'd have been off the air years ago, man, because my choices would be fucking dreg. And By the way, secrets out, no one in commercial radio picks the music yeah. apart from maybe a couple of people to get a couple yeah. of free plays and that's yeah, it. Yeah, there's someone that is employed to do that, right? And they do a good job. I'll leave them to it. Otherwise, me, now here's Skatman John. <laughs> Shit like that. A lot of the comedy you do is improv stuff and you've got a show next month with yes. the man for the comedy festival with Neil nice where you do the improv yes thank um, you <laughs> and we need it trust me because he he is doing fuck all to plug this <laughs> he's been kidnapped for two weeks ah, give him a break fuck off my show's sold out so you know I've, I've made my tax but, bill <laughs> I'd have thought improv comedy must be like one of the toughest things and I always even see like when I was a kid and you grew up watching Whose Line Is It Anyway yeah but there was this real snobbishness towards improv on like sitcoms and stuff in America and I never got that because it takes like a real skill I think it's not quite I, scary that oh, one it's terrifying but that's what's so exciting about yeah. it like when I first started doing stand up it was like scripted it's like I knew every word I was going to say and then um, and the whole thing is but now I'm a lot more improv I always want to give you the impression I'm saying that here we're talking about breaking down barriers we've said it before yeah <laughs> like some of the stuff we've said before some of it we haven't some of it we haven't uh, but I do like to keep it quite loose and that is because of improv because I got into it quite early because I had a little bit of a theatre background and uh, but the idea of just making something for nothing and having permission to fail you don't get permission to fail at fucking anything uh, and I love it man just jumping out with a parachute and it makes you smart and it makes you work muscles in your brain that you haven't even worked before and I think improv comedy is like the best thing in the fucking world if I could make a full time living from it I'd probably do that to be honest, that would be like the dream fucking gig. But I can't, trust me, it is probably the worst pain. Because <laughs> you're usually sharing a stage with like five other people or something like that. Nobody would want to see me doing improv on my own. Solo right. improv, eh? Yeah. So I need a suggestion. All right, this is me going into a shop. <laughs> Look, I'm in a shop. Oh, I'm in a shop. What will I buy? <laughs> Boo! I hate you on the radio and I hate you now. <laughs> Fight me, Billy Cockwood. <laughs> Don't like you're fighting us. Oh, you're quite skinny. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you, uh, you, I don't know if you even remember you said this but you said like earlier on like the start of the podcast basically you have a theory on ghosts and you'd come back to it I've been sitting on that what is your theory on ghosts because I wrote that down and I went what is this theory on ghosts it's just a mental thing to have this makes me seem like such a fucking idiot Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> this is because I did a show once with a, a woman that was a paranormal investigator. And it turned out she didn't believe in ghosts. And the thing is, I like I'm a I'm a uh, I think I say I'm an optimistic skeptic, which means I believe enough that I can then disbelieve almost straight away, right? So yeah, they could be ghosts. I could see a ghost right here. Oh my god, that's a ghost. Aye, but you could probably fake that. <laughs> that's the prop. That's the problem, right? That's the problem. So I was on this, and we were talking about. She went, and I started asking questions because I was interested. Like, well, why is there no new ghosts? Like, we don't get new ghosts. You never get like, where's my iPhone? <laughs> I'm getting a message. Where's the iPhone? You know, you never get. You never get like a ghost from the eighties. Fucking furious. Like, you, you don't get stuff like that. So I started asking all these questions, and then I went. Let's. So she. So I went. So what's like the term on being a ghost? Does a ghost like be a ghost and then die again. And be like, what? It's like, so, listen, so your average age is about, what, 75? So are you a ghost for 75 years and then you die again? Or is it like a timeshare thing? She's starting to get quite cross for me, asking these questions. Because I'm just asking. It's like, come on, you seem to know the answers. Plus, she doesn't believe in ghosts. Apparently. <laughs> didn't. Uh, but, uh, um, so this is the thing. I mean, all right, so what you're saying is, every year, there's like, so there must be, 
on average, like 100 million ghosts around the world, right, at any given time. So I'm putting a number on it. There's 100 million ghosts just wafting about the place. So by that definition, right, there's going to be easily like 10 million pervert ghosts, <clears throat> right? Okay? Yep. So every time you take your trousers off, there's a good chance a ghost is putting its finger up your ass. And that's why you get an itchy bum. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ghosts have got really good at being ghosts, so you can't see them now. They've just well, mastered the invisibility. Right. So by that... I've got credence in what I've said. They're invisible and you're getting fingered and don't even know it. It's just like getting really fucking angry about, no, not every ghost is not listen. You've, if you're around for like a hundred years, you're going to do anything to fucking entertain <laughs> yes. yourself. And At this point, there's going to be that stage where you're in like the ghost pub because they probably must go to the one. The pervert ghosts are not going to cross over the other side anytime soon, so there will be more of them. Exa- exactly. They've got, a, they've got nowhere to go. They're, they've they're, got a lot of penance. They're hanging on the limbo. <laughs> that, so you, ne- you never hear something like, oh, we've just got, uh, oh, we've just got uh, a, like a highwayman and oh, he's having a wank. He's having a wank. <laughs> I like the fact that you've blamed ghosts for the fact you shot yourself all the time. You're like, nah. <laughs> My bum hole's loose because of the ghost that are just fingering that. me. I didn't even think that. <laughs> ah, I'm haunted. <laughs> Applying that theory, I've just realised that Mr. Fish must have died quite recently. Yeah. Going by at night time, yeah. <laughs> well, I did itchiest arse last night, and oh my God. I was one itchy chip. Oh, Billy, listen, man. I feel like we've not even scratched the surface Sorry. with you. We were way. We'd love to have you I talked about Africa for ages, <laughs> man. And that was like a pure fucking cauldron sack of entertainment. <laughs> Um, That's going to get edited down, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll have you back in because there's so much more to explore, oh, mate. But this to. has been a fucking blast, man. It's cool, been man. really, really beautiful. And once again, do you want to plug that show? Aye, well, one quick question. Was it better than Neil's? Oh, aye. Oh, good, good. So, uh, yeah, I'll plug a show. There's still a couple of tickets left. Uh, I'm doing a couple of big shows coming up. Uh, you can get, I think there's a couple of tickets left on my show, Happy Goth, the Admiral Bar on the 28th. The night before it, 27th, me and the wee man are at uh, Mango. Mango, thank you very much. Uh, just below, it's an improv show. Literally, just the two of us. That's it. Uh, because we did a show last year which had sketches and improv in it, and everyone loved the improv. And as did we, we went down some fucking dark, <laughs> dark places. So this year, that's what we're going to do. It's first time we've ever done it. We love working together. Uh, come along and see us have a blast. It's nice and cheap. But I'm also doing a show at a palace theatre in Kamarnock, which we are taping for Amazon. Nice. Ooh. So uh, you can see that probably the last show I'm going to do in Ayrshire for a good few years. Listen, mate, absolute pleasure, as we said. Yeah, and listen, it's been a delight. I love the show. Fucking love the show. And you guys are doing this live at the Comedy Fest. Sold out. Yes. yes. Fucking yes. Good mate. plug for us. Oh, we never get yes, plugs for us. Plugs for us, but we've sold out. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, <laughs> fucking boom. Me and we man haven't sold out, have we, Neil? Just say, we're meant to be doing a video, man. We'll do it like the week before or some shit. I know what we're like. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. One day you'll be as good as us. Who knows? <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And that's a lovely way to end. <laughs> that was Drunk Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast, go listen to some of the other ones. The old you would have. If you're on socials, like us there as well. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Drunk Therapy. It's something weird on Twitter, which I can't remember right now.